1: Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens of
2: Welcome to another edition of the WCBA powered by Evergy. We've got a great show in store for you today. E?
3: We certainly do. We have two of my newest homies, (laughs) Mike and Jason, who's in the house for the podcast. What's up, Gentlemen.
4: We're doing great. Yeah, it's a great day. to be here, guys. Good to see you both.
3: Well, you know what? We want to hear a little bit about you and your story. Well, first, I have to mention that they have, and I know you can't see this, um, but they have on these t-shirts and it says, Be Heard. So I I kind of want to know a little bit about that. But before we do that, (laughs) (laughs) tell us who you are and about your wonderful business. quick. <laughs> Did that, you get yeah. that with the two C's up there? Yeah, the two C's. Right. All right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Drink with a CC at the end, right? Yeah. Not Cui CC. Yeah, no. Cui oh my CC. <laughs> we've heard some weird names in the yes. Um, My name's Jason. Um, I uh, am a farm kid from in the local area just north of Andover out by Whitewater. Um, somewhere between bucking and bales and cleaning out grain bins, I decided that uh, technology was a little bit better path uh, than uh, sticking around on the farm doing all that uh, all that work. And um, yeah, Mike and I have connected several years back and have worked on a lot of different things together, but uh, Quick is really captured, I think, the core value that we've had over this whole time, which centers around creators and individuals being heard and telling the unique story that they have, whether it's through video content or podcasts, um, anywhere where a voice needs to be heard.
4: Yeah, and I'm Mike Mathia.
0: I'm the co-founder and CEO
4: here at Quick. As Jason said, we teamed up a number of years ago, and uh, you know, it's been magic ever since. Really enjoy working with this individual. Jason compliments all of my gaps, and I think uh, fair to say vice versa, which is why we work so well together. But uh, my background, I grew up here in Wichita. Mm. I was actually born in Kansas City, but uh, you know, so I'm told. I mean, like I was five when <laughs> we moved to Wichita, so I just take my parents' word for it that I was born in Kansas City. Uh, but I'm a Wichitan, lifelong And uh, raising a family here, my background uh, professionally was spending uh, nearly 20 years with the uh, Donlinger uh, family, construction company here in Wichita. Uh, They hired me as a very young guy when I was 23 to be their director of human resources. So uh, how an HR guy gets into technology is beyond me. That's probably another episode just in and of itself. (laughs) But um, ultimately, it worked out to where Jason and I teamed up. We started building tech-related things together and uh, haven't looked back since.
3: Excellent. I love that. Shout
2: out to Tom Donlinger, by the way. Sorry, he had to oh, get that. I, I see. He <laughs> always
3: Thomas. has these shout outs for all his homies. I,
4: I, I, I have no doubt Tom is a member of the homie club. I'm quite confident of that. And no, I, I, I I've got to just, you know, you mentioned Tom. I got to give him a quick shout out. You know, when you're a young person who's 23, uh, you're, the first challenge is you want your first big break where someone believes in you uh-huh. and is willing to invest yep. in you, and. Uh, let me tell you, I sent a lot of resumes out to a lot of people. Went through a lot of interviews with people going, yeah, he's a nice kid, but he's he's green. He's young. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know it. But Tom made that investment in me as a young person. And, you know, that put me on the trajectory I am today. So well, the Donlingers are very big investors, not only in community, but in individual people like myself. And I'm the benefactor of that. There
3: you go. That's, that's a beautiful story. Yeah. You know, and I love how a farmer... And an HR person <laughs> get together. Walked into a bar. <laughs> and, and had a couple white Russians.
4: <laughs> it is, it is, Those are
3: delicious, by the way.
4: <laughs> it, is, it is definitely your typical American story, Ebony. Uh, that's exactly how it played out.
3: Your shirt says, be heard. And in yes. your introduction, Jason, you mentioned, you know, that you wanted to create something where— A voice, anyone who has a voice needs to be heard. (laughs) Can you talk to us about where this concept came from?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that when Mike and I first met, we actually, I kind of shut him down a little bit. He was pitching me on an idea of like, hey, I want to build this. And it's like, no, that sounds really hard and expensive. Um, And where we connected was back to Mike's story. Um, actually being hired through Don Langer is this idea of if you're a young person and you're trying to stand out on a resume, mm-hmm. like, what do you have to stand out on a piece of paper? I mean, there's a lot of you know, classes that you can take and degrees and all of this stuff, but how do you focus in on the intangibles? And that really gave us kind of a shared mission and vision for, for what we worked on first, which was Alice Analytics uh, and that's evolved into Quick and the opportunity we see there. But it's the same vision, which is individual content creators, job seekers, people in general have this voice that they want people to hear. Maybe they aren't practiced at sharing that voice yet, mm-hmm. right? Maybe they don't know what that is. And you see this really <clears throat> often in early content creators, which is, you know, your first 20 videos are kind of boring or they kind of suck, but 21 through 50 are so much better if you stick out and, and stick through it. And so for us in Quick, it was how do we help them find these moments that they keep sharing? Mm-hmm. How do we help them find this voice inside um, and then take care of all of the complicated post-production work? And, OK, what what do I talk about? over 50 podcast episodes, like, what's the good stuff? How do I know who I am as a content creator? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really kind of the the initial connection and vision for uh, what we saw uh, opportunity-wise with Quick. And this core message has kind of stuck through both of these projects that we've had, which is, you know, the voice behind the person should be heard, whether that's um, soft skills through a resume process or, you um, being able to share their message through captions uh, with the world, whether that's a media feed that's off by mute or the deaf and hard of hearing community, being heard is a reminder to us that there's a lot of different ways that you can be heard. Um, But it's important that we realize everyone has a voice that that should be heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I can tell you, just to add to that, um, first of all, I'm sure your listeners
4: are wondering, Jason shut Mike down? There's got to be a story there. So, <laughs> so I probably can't get out of this room without sharing it. So listen, I'm, I'm uh, happily married today. And I will tell you that, uh, you know, my wife was a tough chase. She was not easy to convince to, you know, be my partner for life. Um, but she was a little easier than Jason was. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, a little easier than Jason was. You know, I made nice. this, this grand pitch on where I, I, I see our company going from a tech standpoint and, and integrating video within it, using that as the, uh, the building foundation for everything we wanted to do. And uh, Jason was very nice and cordial and promised that he liked me, but he wasn't into any of that just yet. And then uh, about a year later, when we came up with the idea of taking this video medium and building an artificially intelligent uh, software as a service that could actually watch these videos from our human perspective and mine them for soft skill metrics. Mm-hmm. So if I sent uh, Don and Ebony a video of myself introducing myself using human intuition and perception, they would say, well, Mike's a positive guy or energetic or confident or whatever, using your skills of perception. But you can't Scale that and watch 500 videos. You're busy people. You don't have the time to do that. So what Alice was meant to do is to say in an age where video is dominating the marketplace and every process, it seems in some ways now incorporating video, what if we built Alice as a companion to sit alongside the recruiter or the executive who's having to find the right talent and have Alice measure soft skill metrics, quantify them, and make them searchable? And when I pitched that to Jason, suddenly he was in. And uh, a year later, he was part of the team, and, and that's how we got connected.
3: Yeah, that's, uh, that's dope. But, that's,
4: <laughs> but, but, yeah. but as great as that was, and, and Jason thought, uh, Jason and I both think it was a very cool technology that we believe had merit and worked. Yeah, The world wasn't ready for it yet. Mm. Nobody wanted to incorporate AI into HR and recruitment because they didn't know. Does this eliminate bias? Does it reinforce bias? Does it create new bias? We felt like we had the answer to that. But uh, as an 18-year HR executive, I had accounted for a lot of those things on how to create a level playing field if we're looking at data points at Center and Soft Skills and not personal identifiers. I felt like we were making gains in creating a level playing field for everyone looking for work, but my HR peers who were highly risk adverse, buried in things to do and have no time. They generally don't have the largest amounts of budget allocation mm-hmm. to do creative things mm-hmm. with. We just saw that Alice as cool as we as we thought it was and as difference making as we thought it could be, its time was premature. Yeah. The, the market really wasn't ready for that. But Quick was born from that. So
3: yeah. That's a great story.
2: Excellent. So let's jump on that. When did you decide or did you decide initially this is going to be a side hustle or I'm all <coughs> in
4: lay it yeah. out. Donald, I'll start and then Jason can jump on the back end of, of it. So when we came up with Alice, it was a it was an impactful enough differentiation into what the market had ever seen before that when we met with some local investors here, they were intrigued by it and they saw the difference that could make in leveling the playing field in the recruiting world for everyone. And so we raised about 375 k in seed capital to build a prototype of that technology, which Jason was leading the charge on developing that tech. Uh, I conceptualized what I thought it could look like, and I had no idea how to build it. I'm an HR guy. How would I know any of Mm -hmm. that? And that's where this guy came into play and and brought that vision to a real product. And uh, once we launched it, we had two visionary buyers right out of the gate. And you would think, what a great thing, but it's actually the worst thing that could have happened to us. Because out of the gate with two visionary buyers, as the creator of the product, you're convinced that everyone's going to adopt it and that everybody's going to love it. And this is going to be scalable and it's going to be successful. So those two visionary buyers out of the gate really ended up burning about another five to six months of our time realizing that as we were pitching this to our HR peers in the marketplace, and they were going, wait, hold on a minute. That sounds, I don't know if I trust that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We ended up uh, realizing that there was not a long-term path or a short-term path to sustainable revenue. So we go back to our investors, and we'd open up a new $1 million round to take that Alice concept to the next level. We were halfway through that round of subscribing it, and we just realized we've got to sit down and talk to our investors that as exciting as this technology is for us, there's not a long-term path or short-term path to being successful. So uh, what we initially tried to do was to say we could do one of two things. We can either raise more money on the idea that it appears we have to educate the market. Mm-hmm. And that's never a winning sell. Mm-hmm. Going to an investor saying, hey, will you invest X amount of money so we can just convince everybody this is worthwhile? Right, right. They're like, no, no, and good luck with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, so when, you, when we realized that, we said, is there a way that we can still get video streaming in and get paid for that video, which is feeding into Alice's ability to learn and better understand human communication behavior? And it's to Jason's credit, he discovered where that path led us. And then it blew up into what Quick became. But do you want to talk about how we transitioned into that?
0: Yeah. I mean, it really was this data acquisition play. So with any kind of AI modeling, good data in equals good data out. And so making sure that we had a clear, repeatable way to get good content. Primarily, we're focused on video interviews. So where do we go to find more talking heads? Well, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere that people are starting to do Um, vlogs or um, even interviews via YouTube uh, that they would send out to um, recruiters. There's a lot of content there that we discovered. You know, there's a lot of marketing-based content, talking head content. It could be a podcast like this that's shot on video. Uh, It could be a vlog. It could be an interview. It could be a keynote speaker that people miss out on the real value and the real content within that because there's no captions provided in a world where we're scrolling through Instagram feeds and Facebook feeds where if if a video pops up in that feed today, it's mute by default. And Mm -hmm. as I dug deeper and deeper, I found through a lot of our content creator friends, a lot of the marketing friends that we have in the industries, uh, they said, you know, we would love to do captions. It just takes so long Mm -hmm. to put them in. And um, the two statistics we found out of out of that was Facebook alone, eighty five percent of the the video content on Facebook that is consumed, that's actually watched, is presented on mute. Eighty five. That means only fifteen percent of your content is actually being heard by people. Hmm. Huh. And that kind of brought be heard. So like, how do you? How do you be heard on a feed where the platform, Facebook, says you're on mute, that video content's on mute? And we started to see some of the really invested content creators say, all right, we're going to put captions on. And it was about 45 minutes of video post-production to burn in captions for a one-minute clip of content. Wow. Yeah. Not conducive. So when we heard that, (laughs) we're like, we've got half of this technology already with Alice with our transcribing component why don't we just create a a website or a portal that they can go in, upload a video, say, I want blue text on a white background. I want it to show up right here on the video. Mm -hmm. And we just transcribe it originally. They can review it for any uh, edits and corrections. We get about 90% of the way there for them. So, hey, I'm only changing one in every 10 words. It's usually names, like my last name, Taves, T-O-E-V-S. That's not what you would expect. Um, and how long does that take? <laughs> and that we, so we shortened that process from 45 minutes, um, anywhere between three and five minutes. For wow,
3: most that's a huge difference. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah.
0: And so we released that um, as, a, as a beta product at a, at a marketing conference in San Diego. Um, this would have been early 2019. And uh, it took off. I mean, we had 350 beta users out of that conference alone. Um, and then, I don't know, Six months later, we're in over 100 different <coughs> countries. We had thousands of users. And this yeah. is
3: all in 2020 when. No, that
0: was in 2019.
4: 2019. 2019.
0: But in 2020, we saw a 7x increase in
4: videos coming into our service during the <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. wow. Because wow. everybody's going to video. Yeah. yeah. So right. It's like, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so imagine this you go from please, 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 people. Right. Try out this Alice concept, uh, give it a shot, see if it works for you. And everybody going, yeah, I like you guys, but, but no. Um, to people coming to us going, can I can I please use your product and pay for mm-hmm. it? Wow. So imagine going to this all outbound efforts to convince people to buy into the innovation we were bringing to the market with Alice to where we get this global, organic inflow of traffic with people who have heard about it from someone else, that if you want to capture your videos, these are the guys you need to be doing it with. And, and that's when, as Jason said, by the end of 2019, we had crossed the 100 country mark. We had... Corporate users like Adobe using it, the Church of England, TD Ameritrade, the Australian Parliament. And then we knew oh, we had something really scalable. And that's the pitch we took back to our investors and said, how about we raise money on an idea that is already getting global traction yeah. and large commercial companies are saying that can help our workflow immensely. And we raised additional money based off that redirection of our company.
3: And that is huge. <laughs> I mean, and to, to think that... Uh, a business here in Wichita, Kansas oh, no. that started with an HR director and a farmer has as uh, an international company.
5: Yeah.
3: yeah. You know, and it all took off. We've heard so many stories about how 2020 and the pandemic just really has, um, you know, hurt a lot of businesses. But the reality is for your business, it really helped it in a way. And it was really organic in its growth. So uh, kudos to you. <laughs> you. That, that's, huge. that's
4: thanks, huge thanks thanks Ian. I, I would say this too about video just for all of the listeners today uh if you if you imagine flashback to the let's just say the mid-1990s and how this internet thing came out mm-hmm. and people were ha- companies were having websites and a lot of companies said well what do i need a website for i've got all this this print media and oh, I, I throw an ad in the paper and i have a billboard. Yeah. Well. Uh, Everybody knows now, if you don't have a website, there's no way your business can scale to the level that it's capable of scaling to. Video is today, 2021, the modern-day equivalent of how critical that is to you promoting your brand and growing your business as websites were back in the 90s.
3: I do have a, I I wanna ask this question, all right? So how did you come up with the name?
0: The the name actually was gonna be something very different. and we kind of went back and forth. I was very much for it. The rest of the team was,
5: eh, I don't know about that warm. name.
0: Um, and we found out because originally we we had thought Quick would be used primarily by like Instagram influencers. So creating short uh, short form video content on Instagram stories. Um, I mean that that was kind of like where we saw the the initial opportunity, and it's and it's morphed into so much more than that. Um, and we had a data scientist at the time uh, who was on our team, and I mean, I just remember Brian saying, "Hey, what about what about Quick, like with CC, like closed captions?"
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I get were, it now. Yeah. Ding,
5: ding yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> ding The light bulb she just went off. It just mind went off. Mind, yeah. off. <laughs> mind blown. <laughs> and we were like, "Yeah, that's great." And so, I mean, I remember we were all kind of standing around my computer, oh, and I man. was you know, putting a, a few design ideas up on uh, in, in Adobe Illustrator. And we came to a decision pretty much as a team within about 15 minutes. Like, that's it. That's, that's a logo. It. And uh, yeah, it was it was a great name because it illustrates the the thing that we believe is so valuable. It's rapid iteration. It's it's this speed to delivering content so that you get feedback on it. In one of two loops, one as an individual creator to refine and understand what is sticking with your audience? What, what do people love about you as an individual being unique? And as a company or a brand, how do we get out relevant content right now? And this kind of leads into what we saw as a major explosion, even Q1 of this year, 2021, uh, in the sports space, which is there's a new sports story every single day And to capitalize on it, you have to turn something around really fast. But imagine all of these brands, all of these sports brands, university teams, um, professional leagues, they have such a massive amount of content. How do you find what's important to turn around for today and then do it again tomorrow? And then do that 10x because your fan base is rabid for content. Right? They want more and they'll consume all of it that you can create. And so your bottleneck is, I can't create enough content, video clips, to show our fans, to keep them full like to their complete capacity and engagement. Um, and so you're leaving something on the table every single day. And so as a brand, as a big franchise, how do you figure out how to tap that more and to, uh, to encourage more of a fan interaction with, with everything that's going on? Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of been a major shift for us that we've seen even this year alone in the sports industry.
4: Well, and that, uh, just to add to Jason's, uh, basically where that comes into play is we always knew that as valuable as transcribing and captioning video content was, it would eventually become a commoditized utility service where market competitors coming to that same space are just going to try to compete with us on a lower price. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's not really a sustainable business. Uh, business vision when you're positioned in a commoditized marketplace like that, because then we'd have to lower our price to beat them and so on and so forth. So one of the visions we always had is taking this transcription data and this video archive that users were bringing into Quick and creating a situation or an environment where if we indexed every word that had ever been said in these libraries and we made them keyword searchable, Instead of trying to look through this video content library that Jason referenced earlier that may have hundreds of videos and thousands and thousands of hours of content, trying to find something very specific to repurpose could be hours and hours. Well, Quick, we do that now and facilitate that for our for our clients worldwide with keyword search that takes them to one specific moment in time in seconds Mm. and then gives them the opportunity to clip that out and get it right out to social, right out to digital. So when Jason talked about rapid turnaround of content and you think about sports and every day there's a new game and a a new set of stories, you got to get that out to your fan base and your audience quickly. And... You've got to also uh, pull things out of the historical archive that uh, helped tap into emotions and feelings that we felt when we saw the Royals in the World Series in 2015 and they won. And we were at that mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. and bringing us back to that moment with a clip and helping us relive the feelings of being there with our family. And it was a wonderful moment. Quip facilitates all that with keyword searching, too, now in video.
3: I love that. That is, this is a great story. I am fascinated by all of this, but we're going to have to take a short break to hear from our sponsor. Then we'll be back to hear a little bit more.
0: Severe weather, whether it's hail, wind, rain, or snow, storms can cause damages, inconveniences, and sometimes even power outages. At Evergy, we're committed to providing safe, reliable energy. And in the event of an outage, Our linemen work tirelessly to restore your power as quickly and as safely as possible. And with tools like our outage map and real-time updates, we're with you every step of the way. Visit Evergy.com slash stay safe to learn more. As a convener of people and ideas, the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce continues to extend our reach and maximize our efforts to provide the best possible business environment in our region. Your partnership is imperative for accelerating business success, We invite you to visit wichitachamber.org to learn more about the benefits of membership and become involved with our efforts to provide success for our members, leadership for our community, and prosperity for our region. Visit wichitachamber.org and follow us on your favorite social media platform.
3: Welcome back, friends. We have our friends Mike and Jason here from Quick, and I'm so fascinated with their story. It's just, it's really an all American story of how they have come from industry to being creators and entrepreneurs, and I love it. So, earlier you were mentioning your team and starting here in Wichita, and you have data scientists, you're using AI. Do we have that talent ecosystem here in Wichita?
0: Yeah, and I, I can speak to that as, as the CTO and head of product. That was one of the questions I had, too, coming in. And, you know, it, there's an incredible amount of developer talent, um, data science um, talent here in Wichita that I think in a lot of ways hides um, behind some of the major industries that we would expect out of Wichita. Mm-hmm. And so for us, as we've been seeking individuals to join our team, to take risk with us, to you know, be a part of our our story and, and jump in the trenches as a startup. Um, there's an incredible opportunity to um, find amazing people who have life experiences, um, as well as young people who are who are being really aggressive uh, out of school to leverage some of the new things that they've been learning in, you know, whether it's computer science or, I mean, my background actually came from mathematics and and with AI, I mean, mathematics is one of the um, kind of key needs that you need mm-hmm. to dive into that deeper. And so I think that we have an incredible talent pool here in Wichita. The hardest part of it is understanding where to find them yeah. and how to share your story uh, in a way that helps offset the risk that every startup is taking. Um, because we are accustomed to you know, working for a larger corporation generally. Mm -hmm. Um, There's not as many startup stories that are told out of Wichita, especially success stories. And so I think- But now
3: that we have this podcast.
0: Yes. So- (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Nice. (laughs) Nice. I I think they bring a lot of help to highlighting the incredible opportunity that exists and is being lived out every single day within our local tech sector. Now, we've got a long ways to go, but there's incredible people adding value every single day to our tech sector. in Wichita.
3: I anyway, love nice. that. Thank you for sharing it. I, you know, just one other question before I let Don uh, start asking his questions. I know he's chomping at me. I'm at chomping. The yeah, yeah, he's ready. <laughs> you know, being an entrepreneur and you are having all the success um, for the last two years. You've been in business how many years?
4: Well, the company that owns the Alice and Quick brands Three. has been around since 2016. Is okay. when we originally came up with the concept.
3: Okay, so I guess my question is: You've had this great amount of success. Had have all these investors, you know? And I got five dollars, by the way, on
4: your. <laughs> Jason, if you look at those in. documents, ready.
3: <laughs> um, you know what what scares you the most?
4: Yeah, Good I think question. I'll I'll start, and I'm sure Jason has his own uh, answer and input on this too. Uh, You know, in Wichita, uh, our entrepreneurial ecosystem is evolving. There's a lot of people, a lot of stakeholders that really want to see it grow and succeed. But we all know that in Wichita, one of the things that kind of makes us special, too, is the relationship bonds we create with other folks in our community uh, who want to do things together, want to take on challenges together. And just for me, as the co-founder and CEO and the one who interacts most directly with our investors, Mm -hmm. when someone issues you an investment check, and they entrust you with that capital to put it to work and generate a return for them and find a measure of success that our community can celebrate, that's an immense amount of pressure placed on a leadership team and really the team more broadly that we wanna honor and we wanna get a return for. And so I think for me, the deepest seated, seated fear is always, Uh, trying to do our very best to make the right decisions that position us to continue incrementally gaining on that goal for our investors and for this community. And, uh, you know, worry that if you make one wrong decision in business, sometimes that's the one that's the undoing element of all of those hopes and aspirations being uh, being blown up right in front of your eyes. So for me, the biggest fear is a scenario where, for whatever reason, we couldn't deliver on that. That would be really unfortunate, especially for where Wichita is at in our ecosystem, where we're beginning to capture a little bit of this momentum between the investment community and the startup founders who come up Mm -hmm. with great ideas and are ready to put everything into making them work. A win for Wichita feeds energy into that. And so the community and the ecosystem continues growing. A loss for Quick or for any other startups puts a ding mm-hmm. in that energy that we have to figure out a way to recapture and rebuild yeah. again. So for me, that's the biggest fear is, is ultimately not feeling like we did our part to continue to
0: catalyze that growth. And that's that's my fear. I think for us, for, for me specifically, um, being comfortable seems like the scariest thing for Mm -hmm. us as a community. Mm -hmm. If we don't know individually even what we want to do with risk, and we just want to stay in comfort, a comfort zone, whether it's, I don't want to go out and live outside of Wichita for a few years, and then come back and bring all of that knowledge, that experience, that diversity of thought back to our ecosystem. If we're afraid of doing that, or if as entrepreneurs, we're afraid of taking the risk to build something that we see as a value add to the world, then we just kind of stay comfortable. We keep doing the same old thing every day and it just becomes this kind of oatmeal that we eat for the rest of our lives versus let's take a risk. Let's Add some raisins. Yeah, that's let's uh, you, man, put some in some banana. raisins or, or, <laughs> or, or, or maybe we're going to take this thing that comes out of the back end of a chicken and crack it on a griddle and, yeah. you know, now we're eating scrambled eggs for breakfast instead of oatmeal. I, I think it's just the, the question of what do you do with risk in your life? Where are you taking risk and how much are you comfortable with? It's different for everybody. And for Mike and I I mean as startup founders, you're kind of living on the like the bleeding edge of risk where it's like mm-hmm. well we're being real risky with you know our time investment and our uh, you know last five years of our lives into this but we think it's worth it mm-hmm. and we think that the opportunity for gain on the back end of that uh, will make it will make it valuable and it's not just money it's the impact on the ecosystem it's uh, the impact to our families and our kids how do we share? what we valued, what we saw out in the world, um, and went and took a shot, yeah. whether that shot made it or it
2: didn't. Segue into that. I mean, you guys seem to be very excited where you're at, where you've been. Where are you going? What's next?
0: Yeah, man, what, what isn't next? Gosh, it feels like a world of opportunity. And for us, we wanna stay focused on how do we take things that are time-consuming and frustrating out of the content creator's perspective and process, and make it easier, make it faster, quick. It's in our name. How do we help um, teams collaborate across massive amounts of content? I mean, our our vice uh, vice president of, of partnerships, Jordan, came from ESPN. Mm. And uh, day one, you know, he goes into ESPN and they say, hey, Jordan, you know what? We need you to transcribe this piece of content. And he'll tell this story almost every time we're on a, we're on a call with a new partner. Um, He thought, oh, well, ESPN, like they should have a magic button for this, right? Like uh, plug it into what software and it kicks out the thing. He's like, no, sorry, man. Uh, Stick some headphones on. uh, Say goodbye the rest of your day. (laughs) You're just going to be typing in text. (laughs) And he was blown away. And so it's, it's such a powerful story of, you know, we can get so lost in, you know, the process that we've always had for doing something. So how do we, as a company, as a startup, see the opportunity to reinvent ourselves and be prepared for that next wave of what is important in the world of video and how do we help those content creators speed up a workflow, (laughs) you know, be able to do more of what they love, being creative instead of worrying about, oh, I have to copy things from here to there. And, you know, I've got to find this clip that I'm supposed to find from a game four years ago. And I don't know where it is. So I'm going to be watching through videos for the rest of the day. Um, I mean, we've taken that process now from half a day's worth of work to, you know, 20 seconds, mm-hmm. have a clip done, ready to go. And, uh, you know, what does that look like with the evolution of social media and the evolution of new technology? We don't know, but uh, it's an exciting time to be alive and, and watch all of that unfold.
4: What about you, Mike? Yeah, no, Jason uh, Jason gave a very great answer. So how do you add to that answer, Jason? I, was <laughs> like, I, mean, I, I think... When I think about the future and our vision for it, I would like to see Quick be in a position where uh, we're broadly adopted in the National Football League, which we've mm. just secured our first team who's using our product in the Congratulations. NFL. Congratulations. Um, I can't publicly say who it is yet That's because okay. we're going through the procurement and the legal things right now. I don't
2: want to mess that
4: up. <laughs> and then the same thing for another major sport that we're also going through co- contractual uh, and legal items on it right now in procurement. But... I would like to be in a position where Wichita says, hey, this startup that that started right here in Wichita, Mm -hmm. they're the video post-production resource for the National Football League and most of their franchises. And they're that for the NBA. Mm -hmm. And they're that for the PGA Tour. And Mm -hmm. they're that for Major League Baseball to where just the fact that we've proven that in Wichita, Kansas, you can grow and scale a global startup. And then you have the benefits of a, motivated workforce has a great core work ethic. You have low startup costs here in Wichita operationally yeah. to build that infrastructure, to scale. There's so many wonderful things about this market. And if we can achieve that, we can prove that startups can do it from this ecosystem. And that's great for Wichita.
2: Yes, uh, just one quick follow-up. How can Wichita, you, you put it out there, how sure. can Wichita help that?
4: Don, I'll give you a very simple answer when startups reach out to individuals with an organization or the organizations broadly and say, hey, I think I've got a way I can help you. I really encourage everyone in Wichita listening today to just say yes to the conversation. A lot of things have to take place for it to be impactful enough for it to justify the company or the corporation spending money on it. But let's at least take more conversations. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, when we as a startup reach out to a business here and say, hey, you guys are using a lot of video to promote your brand. We think we can help create efficient time and cost efficiencies and getting some of that out to your audience. Can we show you a little bit more about how our product works? We just hope more people say yes. Now, then it's incumbent upon us to prove out value, to get a positive buying decision. But we also just need access. So, Don, I just think when people approach us and they're startups and they're working hard on trying to make a difference, Let's say yes to the conversation and just see where it goes. from
3: You know, b- before I end it, I do, you know, you talked about being a startup and it starts from Wichita. And as you grow to scale, my question is we have a lot of um, companies who start up here, but then later leave. Um, so talk to us a little bit about the benefits of once you reach that, that uh, level of scalability, staying in Wichita and what those benefits could look like for you.
0: Do you want me to baton pass it? Uh, yeah, I'll start with that. So <laughs> I think from a technology side of things, the difficult conversation we all have to have within Wichita is, did we collaboratively, as an ecosystem, invest into the startup that got big? Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes that story is no. And then we expect a startup that had success to stay in town when it's actually other ecosystems that invested into them more. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't they leave for that? So I think we have to first ask ourselves, are we saying yes enough? Do we cultivate long-term relationships with founders or even just employees within our own organizations to say it's worth sticking around and investing back into this ecosystem? Mike and I both have families which are here. And the worst thing that we could think of is having to move our families out of this ecosystem and go somewhere else. But at the same time, you know, how do we ask and communicate well enough across everybody to say there's value in staying here long-term. We, we see it now as founders, we see the value, but it's only supported um, to to a degree of like, who are our customers in town? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a question we have to ask ourselves mm-hmm. every day. And who are our customers out of town? Right. Like who, who believes in us? And so I think at the end of the day, you know, your family's always your family where you grew up where you come from the question we have to ask ourselves do we live close to our family or with our family or do we live in another state or another country from the long term and i think a lot of that dynamic is built off of how well do we foster that relationship over time so, and and that's important
3: i you know you you hit on something and i and it's it may be a difficult question but um you know you you have this business where you have 100 countries mm-hmm. um and you talk about starting in wichita did you do you find that you found interest um easier in other places before you found here at home
4: i'd love to give you a different answer e, but uh, well, the answer I... is yes we did yeah. um, those conversations that we talked about for whatever reason we've just found another ecosystems the the yes answer Mm -hmm. comes quickly to at least have a chat and just Mm -hmm. find out more. And then it may or it may not go to the subsequent steps that lead to a business relationship. But in Wichita, it seems like we're putting out the fire in the moment. We have something that day, and that's what our focus is. And uh, we're not saying yes to the same conversations. Like, I could say, yes, let's get some of the books next couple of weeks. Let me check my schedule, circle back to you, or touch base with me in a few days. Even that's fine. But I've seen that's just an easier path and process in other ecosystems. And I think... I would summarize it this way. The most successful entrepreneurial ecosystems have all the stakeholders working together and communicating. And who are those stakeholders? Well, certainly it's the investment capital that gives startups a chance to to grow their vision. It's the corporate partners in the ecosystem who are saying, you know, we could work with a lot of different companies for this service, but if there's a startup here in Wichita that's trying to solve this problem, Mm -hmm. let's start there and see if it's a workable solution for us to uh, you know, the talent in the market that is saying, yes, I could have the safety and security of working for a, a larger corporation that's got great benefits and a stable salary, and I'm probably not gonna be at risk of losing my job as long as I do my job, to where, now I wanna do something bigger than myself. Let me try to look at some startup opportunities and see if I can make something of that where maybe I can even get an equity stake in the company for my mm. time and effort. So the most successful ecosystems have all of these stakeholders working in harmony. And that's what Wichita has yet to build, even though we are continuing to work on. That.
3: Well, I appreciate you answering that because that's one of the things that gives me a little bit of heartburn uh, sometimes is just understanding, you know, our 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 plight to to keeping businesses, because we always say, and we have this passion of uh, our entrepreneurial and, and, and business spirit, but then at the same time, why is it that other cities or states or other ecosystems um, are able to poach our, our talent, whether it be young professionals or whether it be businesses, and they move there? And so I appreciate you answering
4: that. And, and just to give you a quick example, and then I think Jason has something he wants to add, uh, Jason and I were at a major worldwide tech conference called Collision in New Orleans. This is back in 2018 during our Alice days. And we had opened up this million-dollar round to take Alice to another level. And we had so many VCs in New Orleans, guys, tell us, and, and where are you guys based, right? And it would be this really optimistic, energetic question, expecting us to say the Valley or New York mm-hmm. or Chicago or Denver or Austin. And we'd say Wichita, Kansas, and you'd get this, like, awkward pause of like, well, where? (laughs) We'd say Wichita, Kansas, and they'd tell us, oh my gosh, you need to go to Austin or Denver or or LA or the Valley or Chicago, where what you guys are trying to do, you have a little bit better platform to get traction and scale it. And of course, we rebuff those things because we think there's meaningful work to do here in Wichita, that we're part of the community. Mm -hmm. This is where we want to do it. and, And we ultimately rebuff those overtures
0: and continue building here in Wichita. So. The last thought that I wanna leave you with is, as a startup, you compete globally from day one, especially as a tech startup. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of established businesses in in any ecosystem, Wichita included, that don't compete globally. Mm -hmm. And as a startup, you're forced to consider, I mean, like, how do we do business with the Australian government and, you know, an airport in Florida and a church in England and still provide value and opportunity across all those different areas. But I think it forces us to be innovative and be open to a diverse set of thoughts and, and, and directions in which we go. And if every company in, in any ecosystem, but Wichita included, said, we're willing to put 1% of everything that we make or earn or have profit for the year into investing into tomorrow, our startups, our own employees who might want to spin out an idea of a company, if we all did that as an ecosystem, just 1%, I think there would be such a phenomenal impact, maybe not seen tomorrow, maybe not even next year, but two, three, four, five years down the track, that's how you change. And it takes a generation of leaders to, to make, make that, that decision. Happen. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, thank you, gentlemen. I'll let John uh, Don, I don't know why I almost said John. <laughs> 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 Don, wrap us up.
2: No problem. Just... Very quick um, word association. Um, I'll give you a word. You answer it. It's not wrong because it's your word, right? <laughs> Excellent. Leader. Sacrifice. Wichita. Okay. okay. Wichita. Hope. Family. Love. Entrepreneur.
4: <laughs> I'm going to say the sacrifice word again. I'm going to bring that back.
2: Oh, I thought you was going to say me.
4: <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, no.
2: Vacation. When. <laughs> <laughs> That's entrepreneur for sure. Fun. Every day. Excellent. Thank you guys for coming
1: through.
3: Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate hearing from you and thank you for answering the hard questions. And thank you for staying in Wichita and doing all the work that you're doing to put us on the national map and international map. So look forward to your future success. All right, friends, it's that time. Thanks for listening to us. Make certain that you subscribe and you like us and leave a comment on some businesses you'd like to hear from. Take care.